already know what time it is. Welcome back into the What Offseason Sports Podcast, everybody. Coming on today's episode, ladies and gentlemen, as promised, we're bringing an extremely special guest to the podcast today. Former NFL linebacker, most of his time with the Pittsburgh Steelers, two-time All-Pro, and the NFL Linebacker of the Year in 1997, Mr. LeVon Kirkland. How are you doing today, brother? Please introduce yourself to the show. Oh, hey, thank you so much. I'm doing very well. Thank you so much, Adam, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. No problem, man. Let's go ahead and go all the way back to the beginning. Obviously, you being a Clemson (laughs) graduate and playing your college football career there. You know, we got a lot of rivalries, obviously, NCAA, and you know specifically about Clemson and South Carolina. Can you give me a little bit on inside of what the rivalry was like, you know, back then when you were in college versus, you know, today in the NCAA? Well, you know, it it was very intense. It was actually a little bit more competitive game than it is at this point in time. Even though one year we did beat them 45 to nothing. Other than that, it was uh, it was pretty competitive, but we always had a good handle on them. But it's, you know, you got to think about it. You, you know guys on both sides because all you guys are from South Carolina for the most part. Of course. And it's just a bitter rival as far as the fans are concerned. I mean, it's 365 days. You have to live with either a win are lost. That's right. So it, it doesn't get the, it's not as highly profiled as an Alabama or Auburn or Ohio State in Michigan, but it's a great rivalry. I enjoy playing uh, those games against South Carolina. And I took pride in it because I was from South Carolina. So, of you know, we had to show up and, and show out, and that's what we did. Absolutely. And I love how you alluded to that. You're either carrying a win for a whole year or a loss. And obviously yeah. you know, the saying is when it comes to trash talking is if you're not first, you're last. So I can guarantee you that was definitely a motto for you guys uh, down there at Clemson. Now let's go to your rookie year. Of course, 1993, you're drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give me your wildest moment from your rookie year in the NFL. Wow. Um, actually it was, <laughs> it was 92. And I'm a rookie on the team. We've got this guy named Greg Lowen. Right. And I hurt my wrist and during the season, but we were playing in the playoffs and we had a bye. And I'm like, really like, man, my wrist is really achy. So Greg, I said, oh, my wrist is really sore. Mm-hmm. And Greg was like, let me see it. And I was like a dummy oh. and I let him see it and he chopped it. Now you got to understand, Greg Lloyd is a black belt in Taekwondo. Oh. So when he chopped my wrist, man, I just kind of like yelled out. I went to the trainer. It was like, dude, I think I broke my wrist. <laughs> He's like, I'll just, you know, just finish up practice. He didn't really want to be bothered. He's like, just finish up practice and we'll, we'll look at it after practice. So the whole practice is thriving. But I, I go through the practice like a soldier and I got the x-ray and the doctor's like, oh, yeah. You really broke it. Mm. <laughs> so it was on New Year's Eve when I broke it. And I just remember having a date. And she was like, so what are we going to do? And I'm just like, I just broke my, I have this cast on. I just broke my wrist. I got some meds for my pain. So we're not doing anything. So that was probably my wildest time as far as a, you know, being a rookie on the team. But that whole experience is mind-blowing because when you go in, you realize that these guys are on another level. You might have been the man in college, but 
these guys that you never ever heard of are amazing players. So that was kind of the awakening for me. And when you see guys get cut and they're not ever coming back, it's like, yo, you gotta make your you gotta make your mark of as course. soon as you possibly can. So yeah, that was my rookie year though. Absolutely. What a story there. And you want to talk about a monkey wrench definitely getting thrown into your lap. As soon as you're getting into the NFL, I actually love that you bring up uh, Greg, excuse me, Greg Lloyd. Uh, there was a point in your career where he actually goes down at the start of the season due to a knee injury and you took over at the helm and, you know, as his role in pass coverage, were you ready to step into that role at that point in your career? Was there any like fear or hesitation that presented itself when you were called to step up to the plate? Uh, not for me, it wasn't. It, it really wasn't. I felt like I was really good in coverage. Right. I, I, I had a few interceptions before that. So I felt like I was really good in coverage, just really didn't have a chance to play all three down. So when he got hurt, unfortunately uh, for him, very fortunate for me, is because I, I got to show people that I could. I was an all-around linebacker. That you even at my Even at my size, I was an all-around linebacker to do it all. So it was good. It, 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 it helped. It really helped me get to that next level. I ended up going to the Pro Bowl that year. I think I had maybe four interceptions in the regular season, right. which is really good for an inside linebacker. Of course. So it was, yeah, it was an opportunity for me to show showcase that I could do it all, that I just wasn't a rush stuffer. And I, I really feel that the coaches had a lot of confidence to put me in there. They could have put somebody else in there trying to get it done, but. Uh, I felt like I got it done, got some interception, got a lot of production from that position. So it was really cool. I was I was I was sad for my boy because Greg was definitely he was definitely the alpha male on that team. But you know, Kevin had left that year. Right. And Greg wasn't there. And it was really an opportunity for the younger linebackers like myself and Chad Brown to really step up. And we really did. We actually went to the Pro Bowl together that year. So it was a, a really cool deal. Hey, that's perfect, man. I really appreciate you sharing that there with me. Now we're going to look at your final year in the NFL. Of course, you were with the Philadelphia Eagles, and you played for the seventh overall defense. And you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers obviously just won the Super Bowl here on Sunday. But back in that time, you're facing off against the 0-2 Bucks, who are argued to be, you know, potentially the greatest defense of all time. And they ended up winning the Super Bowl that year, their first one before, you know, they just captured it against Kansas City on Sunday. Now, I, I want to hear from a legendary linebacker's defensive perspective. What mm -hmm. did you see that made that 2002 Bucks team just so unstoppable on the field? <laughs> well, they had a bunch of dogs, as we like to call them. Right. They had a bunch of guys. They had Brooks. They had Warren Sapp. They had John John Lynch. They legend, had, legend, legend. Uh, they had Barber. They had a bunch of guys that could absolutely play and go. And, you know, and then also, too, you got to hit your stride. And I think when we, we played them, we played them in a regular season. We beat them really kind of no problem. But I think they really understood what we were trying to do. And they just kind of got after It's kind of like basically what you saw in the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> that they, they, they rushed us. They didn't let us get anything deep. And it was just – and Donovan was really coming off an injury. Oh, really? really? Yeah, it was really – it just it broke his leg. Mm. And he came off that injury, and we were just not the same. We were good, but we were just, you know, we weren't ready for that. Right. And and that was a young team, and everybody kept saying how 
Tampa Bay could never beat Philly in, you know, at Veterans Stadium when it's below 40. And I think that some of our guys might have bought into that. Right. And a lot of times when you're a young team and you're playing at home and everybody's telling you that you guys should win, that's when a veteran like myself, I was cautious. I was like, this is not going to be an easy game. And I've been in the playoffs before, and I understood what playoff meant. And they played in the playoffs too, but, right. you know, not to that, you know, that championship game. That championship game, it steps up another notch or so. And we just didn't really get it done, that game. So it, it was unfortunate because that was my last year, and I thought I had an opportunity to win. Maybe got a chance to win a, a Super Bowl. Right. But it didn't happen for me, and that's just how it bounces Right, that's that's how the cookie crumbles, as they say. You obviously know you definitely put yourself in a in a great position to, um, you know, being in the NFC Championship in your last year in the NFL. Now, if you were to put yourself in the National Football League today, what would be different about your game from then to now? What do you feel like would have to be a major adjustment for you? For me, you know, I always say this. This is kind of funny. I always say that athletes can adjust. I really feel that if if I was playing today, I'd be just as good of a player. I I may be different as far as my size because of all the training. Right. And because guys are eating better. So I think I, I know most people don't believe this, but I think that if you made it to the NFL at the time you made it in there, if they put you in another situation, you play you you also play because it's more than just the ability, it's a mentality. You got to have some heart. You got to have some uh, intelligence about you. Right. So I think the athletic part would just be, you would just adjust, you know, that whatever the training is and whatever they're doing, you would have been that and you would have been one of those elite athletes. So I felt like, yeah, I'd be just as good. I, I think most people look at, oh, you're in the 90s and you're a big guy. Right. But I'm sure that, you know, I'm don't sure let them underestimate you. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't have let him under that side. I, I would have been a good player then, I love the confidence, Levon. I absolutely love it out of you. Now, we're talking about after you retired from the NFL, and I was absolutely mesmerized, and it was really inspiring to hear that you would actually accomplish this in your career after you had finished the game of football. You went back to Clemson in 2004 and got your sociology degree. And what this really spoke to me is, you know, many people say athletes are set for life once you play a professional sport with all the money and all the endorsements and potentially that can come in. Uh, What drove you to go back and quote, you know, what people say, get your education back at Clemson? Well, you know, it was something that I promised my father that I would do. And quite honestly, I wanted to have my degree. My sister set the pace for our family when she was the first one to go to college. That's a blessing. Then my brother, then my sister, my other sister. Then it was me. And I wanted to have that degree in hand. I I just didn't want to be just an NFL player. I wanted to make sure that I had that degree. And I went back after about... 11 or 12 years. (laughs) I went back. I just got married, just had my baby girl. And so I was just hanging out for a while. My wife was like, hey, maybe you need to go back to school. I'm like, yeah, you know what? This is a really good time for me to do it. So I went back, and I knew I didn't have a lot to go. And they basically said, hey, you only got 14 credits. I'm like, cool, let's get it done. So it actually, when I went back, I was a better student. Because we do so much studying, 
in football. In the NFL. Right. We do a lot of film watching. We do a lot of note-taking. So, actually, I became a better student. And I had a better purpose. I wanted, you know, that was my main goal to finish my degree. And so I just got it done. You know, I buckled down and got it done, and it was rewarding. It really was. It wasn't easy, but it wasn't as hard as I thought it would be. Right, right. I, I love to hear that. The fact that the NFL actually made you a better student to go in and put your head down and want to go back and get that degree. And I love to to watch the hustle and just not settling. You know, like I mentioned, many people say, you know, professional athletes, you always hear the joke of, oh, I'd play for a year and then retire, you know, but knowing that you had such a successful career in the NFL and then you kept that promise to yourself and that drive behind you to go back and get your degree, it's it's absolutely amazing. And I love to hear that from you, LaVon. Now, I want you to describe your transition from playing to coaching. I know you've had some involvement in that. What, what do you feel like that was like going from being a linebacker to now having to coach these guys? Well, I think, I think everybody should coach on a high school level. And the reason why is because it's not as athletic as college or the NFL. And so you really have to reach down deeper yes, you to, do. help, to help kids understand how to play the game. Right. And, you know, at first I coached linebackers and I still had to learn. I still had to really evolve myself. You know, it's one thing to do it, but it's another thing to articulate it to other people. So now I have to articulate this game to other folks. And there are folks that (laughs) sometimes they don't want to do it. And sometimes (laughs) it's like pulling teeth. But once they see it and they kind of get it, it's fulfilling to see it. Like, man, I just told him that he did it. He was successful. That's kind of cool. And so I did that. I was a defensive coordinator for about two years. Okay. And what I learned, though, is that a high school coach, a really good high school coach, I believe, they learn how to adjust to their talent. Definitely. So – I know people want to run a system, but you have to be in you, – I always say that, man, because high school changes so drastically. Extremely. That you have to adjust to what you have. So one year you you may be able to – you might have that quarterback who throw the ball over the field. Right. He has some receivers. Then the next year he's gone. Okay, what do we have this year that we can do? And that's one of the things I learned just playing high school football, that you kind of had to adjust to your personnel. So one year I tried to run what we did with the Pittsburgh Steelers because that's kind of what I knew. Right. And then I was like, you know what? We're not that good at this. I need <laughs> to do something that we're good at. And so we kind of went to the four-two-five, And we were we actually played better with the four-two-five. And so it's just that's one of the great things you learn about coaching. You know, it's an adjustment. You always have to adjust. You can't get so caught up in a system. So I learned that from being in the high school level. And I think it actually helped me when I went to college that you kind of see what you got and you try to play that. You don't you don't necessarily Definitely. always play the system. You have to see, you know, you have to see what you have. And maybe in college you could re- recruit to that system. And in NFL, you can try to draft to that system. But I like the high school game because you can always adjust. You can always put your little spin on it. Right. And and if the players understand it and you don't overload them. Exactly. And I think you on really defense. Make it your game plan. I, I think on defense, you have to just be like, listen, 
we can't be doing all that. You know, we got to do what they know how to do and they, they feel comfortable doing. And I remember one time I was a defensive coordinator and one of my coaches was like, coach, what if we do this? And what if we do that? And I'm like, dude, we haven't practiced it. Right. I say, and he like looked at me. I said, this is what's going to happen. We make that halftime adjustment and we're going to say, hey, do you guys have it? They will say, yeah, coach, we do. Half of them don't have it. <laughs> and so what's going to happen see right is, through it. and see what's going to happen is you get on the field, you make that adjustment, and they're not on the same page. Right. And then so I was always, shows. And so I was always like, let's make sure they're on the same page. Whatever we practice, that's what we're going to do. If we are a smart team, then maybe we can adjust. But if we're not that smart, you got to understand that too. You got to understand, like, listen, dude, let's let them play. Let's try to put them in the right position, but let's not have them out there compete. I love it. Absolutely love to hear. And I love the point that you made as well, talking about, you know, when you're coming up through the high school and maybe even the college levels before you can potentially get to coach on a, you know, uh, NFL level, you do experience that scarcity of talent and not necessarily having, you know, all of the embarrassment of riches and just skill at your disposal. But then when you, like you mentioned, you dig into those guys' character, uh, excuse me, their character, you really see, you know, why they're playing the game of football and what really drives them and their passion for the game. I think that's when you could really implement your system. And then like you mentioned as well, when they get it really brings everything all together and and you can truly make an original game plan for you, you know, for your squad, for your team and to watch them execute that. I'm sure that is beautiful as a coach. Speaking with LaVon Kirkland, ladies and gentlemen, former Steelers linebacker, two-time all pro 1997 linebacker of the year. So, you know, they just handed out, of course, the NFL awards on Saturday, right before we got into the lopsided Super Bowl matchup that we saw on Sunday and TJ Watt, of course, we know we all heard the storyline. He really balled out this year leading in almost every major category, but he did not take home the hardware for the defensive player of the year. And instead, Aaron Donald, you know, the defensive tackle uh, for the LA Rams won the award despite trailing TJ Watt in a good bit of categories. I want to know from your perspective, LeVon, who deserved this award and why this year? Uh, Well, honestly, uh, I see both of them. They could have both got it. I I thought TJ had a heck of a year, but what happened to TJ and this happens, is that the Steelers were going downhill. Right. Those last four or five games. Mm-hmm. And although he was doing his thing, that probably may have had an effect on him. Right. And then you talk about AD. AD has built up, you know, a reputation that kind of sometimes it carries. You would hate to say that, but Three sometimes it does. Huh? Three-time defensive player of the week, uh, of the year, right. Aaron Donald. And so every time you hear somebody talk about Aaron Donald, they always say he's the best defensive player in the NFL. They, right. Every time they would say he's the best defensive player on the field. So people take that and they decide, okay, let's just go with Aaron. They may not even watch or saw the stats that – uh, Watts had. Right. You know, sometimes it's just like when you're doing a research paper or something like that, sometimes you don't think critically. You think you, you get a source that's not the greatest of sources and you go with that. Right. You don't even look at the other stuff or you right. don't like in politics. You kind of look at your side of it, your opinion. You look at that and you go with that 
without really even examining the whole picture. And I really feel like people just probably, they saw the Steelers going down and they kind of equate that to everybody. Right. They didn't really look at TJ as a individual. Man, this guy's, you know, look at the stats, look at this. LA is playing well. And every time you hear um, AD, number 99, they always talk about how great he is. Always. <laughs> you know, what a player he is. Blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> I think that's kind of what happened in this situation. Because if you do look at DJ stats, he, he, he did have a better year as far as stats, every, you know, category. But I'm telling you, because Pittsburgh did such a nosedive at the end of the season and then mm-hmm. also the playoffs, that could have had a possible effect on the reason why he did get played in. Right. I totally agree with you. I totally love the perspective there. And um, I'd love to dig into this part of your game before we wrap up the show today. So obviously, you know, some people called you the monster in the middle playing for those Pittsburgh Steelers legendarily, you know, being a great defensive team overall. And with you playing, uh, excuse me, being the individual that you were, was there ever someone, you know, being a linebacker, the tail of the tape is you got to be ready for whatever comes through that line, whatever linebacker or excuse me, whatever running back fullback, you know, even if it's a quarterback trying to be shifty. Was there ever one player that kind of had you amped up? You were ready to pin your ears back and just go get him. He just kind of got you amped up to play against him on the field. Ooh, I like playing against Eddie George. Ooh, what a legendary name right there. Yeah, wow, I've like not heard that one in Eddie a minute. George. Uh, you know, Barry Sanders, we didn't play against him enough, so but he was scary in a way. Of course. You, know, you, you had to really game plan for him. But I can also tell you the guy that probably gave me the most difficult time it would be Curtis Martin okay he always seemed to play well against us and then the personal battle I had was with a guy named Sam Gass uh-huh from the he played at Buffalo and we he played fullback and we went at it oh yeah I'm telling you it was I mean it was class after class and the thing was he never backed down I never backed down and after that game, I always left the game very tired. Very, <laughs> Got your reps I mean, in. Yeah, it was. I was spent because I knew there's some guys, and a lot of times they're guys that people don't really know of, but they right. bring it. And you just like you like they're very good competition, and they're guys that they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop competing, and you better not stop competing because they'll get you. So me and him would absolutely go at and But after every game, man, we hug each other, man. Great game. Had a bunch of respect for each other. And that's, love to hear you know, that. that's why I want to tell fans, you know, the guys that play, we don't hate them as much as you guys. We have, we have respect and we compete right. against those guys as hard as you can. But after the game, man, we, we know that there are a few guys who can play this game at a high level. And so there's a lot of respect that goes there. Absolutely. There's no question about that. I super appreciate you sharing some of those players that maybe gave you a tough time when you were on the field. That is going to wrap up today's episode of the What Off Season Sports Podcast. Everybody super appreciate everyone, of course, tuning into the weekly show that we're always putting out for you. We were joined today, like I mentioned, by the former NFL linebacker, spent most of his time with the Steelers, the two-time All-Pro, Mr. LaVon Kirkland. He came on the show with us today, chopped it up about his journey from Clemson through the NFL and coach 
coaching as well. What a story, guys. Like I said, I super appreciate everyone tuning in today. Make sure to check the link in the description. It's all of our content in one click. And of course, I'll put LaVon's information below as well. If you want to get to know him a little better, you can find him on social media. As always, guys, this is What Off Season signing out, everybody.